Well, hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and as you can already tell, we're we're riding commute again uh, for this early review of Jurassic World Dominion. I had the opportunity to see an advanced screening, and I thought as I drive to work here, I'm going to um, talk to you about it and share with you some of my thoughts and see if I can save you a little bit of money. Um, and then, uh, as a, as a bonus, I'm, uh, I'm running a little ahead of schedule, uh, this morning. So I'm going to get to work a little earlier than anticipated, which means I've got a little extra time while I'm sitting in the parking garage before I have to go on shift. What that means is once I stop driving and I get to work, I am going to see if I can answer some of your questions. I put, uh, um, I, I put it out on Twitter saying, well, I've seen an advanced screening of the, of the movie, so ask me anything. So uh, I, I got a couple responses to that, and I will uh, uh, respond to those at the end of this episode once I get to uh, the parking garage at work. Um, also, you could probably also hear it. It's raining here in Seattle, so uh, you get to enjoy a little bit of that extra ambience. I don't know at what point that diegetic sound starts to um, either annoy you or become like extra bonus texture. Uh, you'll, uh, you'll have to let me know um, about that. Uh, do, do I label this as a, as a ASMR uh, podcast where it's like, uh, you could hear the raindrops on the sunroof of my car? Yeah, do a bunch of weird stereo panning. I don't know why I'm talking about ASMR. Um, that's very silly. Let's talk about uh, a little bit of uh, Jurassic World. Uh, so right up front, um, just, you know, because like every podcast is somebody's first podcast. So I need to own my bias uh, right off the bat. Uh, Jurassic Park is not my favorite franchise. Um you know, a lot of a lot of kids my age are dinosaur fans, and really because of like Jurassic Park, kind of that kind of cemented that fandom. But but kids my age were always like into dinosaurs, and I was never really one of them. Like the 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 dinosaurs I was into were the Dinobots. You know, so like that that's kind of where my affection for dinosaurs kind of begins and ends. Uh, in, into adulthood. I mean, yeah, I mean, I had, you know, I had toy dinosaurs when I was a kid, but I was never a dinosaur guy. I was always more attracted to technology. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm a Star Trek guy. I think I'm more into Star Trek than I am to Star Wars anymore. Um, I, I like technology more than I like magic. And I like technology more than I like monsters. Not, not that, the dinosaurs are specifically monsters, but, um, yeah, I, I like, I like robots and ray guns and jetpacks and spaceships. That's, that is the type of, uh, uh, fiction that appeals to me most. So, um, and I talked about this a lot, uh, in, uh, in a, uh, MSRP Rewind episode I just put up, uh, four years ago, back in 2018, um, we did an episode about uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, uh, did, a, did a, a lengthy review discussion about that movie, but also kind of talked about 
and commemorated, celebrated the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Uh, my my co-host at the time, Killing Spree, is very much into Jurassic Park and very much into dinosaurs, and and we talked a lot about that uh, very affectionately. So if you want to hear um, that side of it, um, please go ahead and check out that that episode. I I um, kind of tightened it up a little bit, um, uh, and and republished that episode. Uh, for for a new audience that that's kind of why I did that. So anyway, that that's the episode right before this one um, So yeah, so check that out uh, Celebration of Jurassic Park uh, 25th anniversary uh, from 2018 along with our uh, comprehensive uh, Discussion about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and that's kind of that's kind of a good place for me to start talking about this discussion about uh, Jurassic Park Dominion I um, I liked Jurassic World. I did not like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, the the phrasing that I used over and over and time again was that that movie is aggressively stupid. I do not like it. So I had obviously a little bit of baggage, a lot of bit of baggage, going into uh, this uh, the sequel uh, Jurassic World Dominion had a chip on my shoulders. Um, and I remember seeing those trailers thinking, holy crap, this movie looks real stupid, real dumb. Um, to where, you know, like the a plot point is that Chris Pratt's pet dinosaur has a baby and the, this, the, this young dinosaur gets, gets kidnapped and the adventure involves him rescuing this uh, this this kidnapped baby Velociraptor, and I don't know. So I, I I was I was not feeling it from jump. I've in re-listening to that episode I did on uh, uh, Fallen Kingdom, I had forgotten that I had a lot of goodwill towards Chris Pratt and was very complimentary of him. I have since way cooled on that guy. I I don't know if it's because of his personal life and the and the persona that he puts out there cuz he's like in in that time he's become like weirdo super church guy and which I I, I find a little off-putting um and I I don't know. I I've really soured on Chris Pratt. He he's become the worst Chris. Um and I, I, I've referred to him recently as Discount Patrick Wilson. Um, not to not to necessarily cut on somebody's personal appearance. I mean, obviously, I mean, you, you, you can't see me as I'm driving to work on a podcast, but I, I'm the last person that, that should be commenting on uh, uh, people's appearance. But, but man, that, that, that hairline just keeps getting further and further back, doesn't it? And, uh, and it's, it's very noticeable in this movie. So, um, ju just to give folks a jumping-off spot, if you are a fan of the Jurassic Park franchise or the Jurassic World franchise and are looking for a celebration of that canon, um, unfortunately, this episode isn't for you. Um, I don't like almost all of these movies, 
and I did not like this movie. I um, I was really not into uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, the first thing I want to say, like if I if I were to sum up my review uh, in in a single sentence. Because, like, you know, when we go to these advanced screenings, uh, there, there's, a, there's a rep from the uh, promotion company that's working with the studio. And, you know, as a member of the press, they, they ask you for, like, a couple comments. So what I try to do, and I, I kind of try to formulate this while I'm watching the movie. Sometimes I distract myself where I'm trying to, like, come up with something good to uh, say to the rep. Um, unfortunately it doesn't help that one time, uh, one of the nice ladies said, uh, to another one who, who was training, it's like, oh, I, you know, Mike always, Mike always says good stuff or like, you know, I always like what Mike has to say, which unfortunately the worst thing you can, that's, that's the worst. Cause like, if you like laugh at me or encourage me or anything like that, I'm just going to keep doing that, that one thing. It's, it's a real, it's a real Bart Simpson. I didn't do it situation. Um, but, um, so yeah, so, so I, I was trying to come up with something for the, for the nice lady. And what I told her at the end of it was it's overstuffed, loud, and cripplingly boring. So Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was aggressively stupid, but Jurassic World Dominion is cripplingly boring. For a movie that is a, supposed to be about dinosaurs and there's there's fight scenes with dinosaurs, I, I, I shouldn't be bored. And I don't think it has to do with sci-fi fatigue. Um, but yeah, no, I just, um, I, I, I just found it really boring. And it says something about the movie when... I'm watching two giant dinosaurs fight and I just feel nothing. Um, and interestingly enough, yeah, no, I, I, I would, I would articulate the feeling as numbness. I just, I just felt nothing. And as a, as opposed to say a, um, a fallen kingdom, I, I did feel something. I felt contempt and revulsion. I, uh, again, I, I really disliked that movie. I, I, I don't want to, you know, continue to harp on it here now. That's, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. But I, I guess what I'm also trying to illustrate is the difference in feeling where it goes from, um, contempt and dislike to numbness and apathy. Um, so this movie didn't make me mad. In fact, in a weird way, I, I guess I would almost prefer it make me mad because then, well, I mean, I, then I would at least be feeling something. So that's, uh, um, that, that's something that I, I, I might, you know, try to unpack and articulate here. Um, I also want to let you know as, uh, I'm, because I mean, obviously I've been, um, talking for more than a couple minutes now already, but since I am recording this after the review embargo has lifted, but before the movie is released, I'm going to keep this uh, a very non-spoiler. I'm going to talk in very vague terms 
and uh, very similar to uh, my Top Gun episode. So for me, where this movie really breaks down is, well, it's, I mean, it all goes back to story, right? The, the story isn't compelling. Like, you know, I, I looked at the um, uh, log line for this movie, and basically the, the plot description is very vague. It, you know, it says, like, basically, you know, uh, uh, mankind has to deal with uh, cohabitating with dinosaurs after the events of the previous movie. And for a movie that kind of promises that, there really isn't a whole lot of that. Like, the movie I think I wanted, talking about expectations and disappointment, but I, I think the, the, the sequel to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and I think I talked about this in that review podcast, I don't remember, but basically what I wanted to see was like, you know, maybe like a huge time jump where like some time has passed and we really kind of see the the uh, uh, devastation and consequences of unleashing dinosaurs into into our our uh, into our world where we have to deal with habitating, and there there's some of that, but without spoiling it, that is not the thrust of the plot, and I think that's where this movie starts to go very very wrong. And in the trailers and the commercials, it's kind of billed as, like, the conclusion of the Jurassic era, meaning, like, this is supposed to be the last movie, which I'm glad. I don't need no more of this. Um, but most likely what it'll be is, like, it'll, it'll kind of go back into dormancy and maybe, like, 10, 15 years from now, maybe they'll resurrect it in, uh, in some kind of way. I don't know, remake, reboot. I'm not... I'm not specifically sure how uh, how they want to square that circle yet but um, the, the the central conflict has very little to do with dinosaurs and that's the, the the dinosaurs I mean it's like you know tap the sign on the door it says Jurassic world and we're, we're not doing a lot of Jurassic worlding we're not spending a lot of time in the Jurassic world. <laughs> not, to, not to be too pedantic about it, but that's that, that for me is kind of the problem. There are dinosaurs, and the special effects, you know, look as good as they have been in the last two movies, between Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. Um, I don't think the needle is moved at all. I don't think that the, the uh, special effects for the, the dinosaurs look any better than they have previously. Conversely, I don't think that they look any worse either. Um, this, uh, this movie is lighter on plot contrivances than the, than the first one. Um, but what this movie also isn't, though, is I don't feel like it's a satisfactory conclusion in any way. Whether it's a conclusion to the Jurassic World cycle of those three movies of a trilogy, or do I think it's the conclusion of like a six-chapter thing starting with Jurassic Park. I don't think it's a satisfying ending to either of those or any of those. The, the movie is really very unsatisfying in 
that it's, you know, if, if it was like a part two or like a part three, like, like, I don't know, like John Wick chapter three, that is, that is not, it's just a part three, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it it's not concluding anything. It's just kind of like the next chapter. So if this was part of that and it, it was just, you know, a Jurassic World sequel, um, I, I don't I don't know if I would I would be as critical of it, but if it if it's billed as a quote unquote epic collusion uh, conclusion collusion Jesus, um, it, but if it, if it's billed as the the epic conclusion, it uh, it, it fails at that, and it, and it and it doesn't deliver um, the goods. Um. So. I want to talk about the the cast and the and the performances. Um, so, one of the things that the, this movie builds is that it's it, it's getting the old band back together, and we're blending that with the the current cast as well. So, so you got you got yourself a Sam Neill, you got yourself a Laura Dern, you got yourself a Jeff Goldblum representing the the old guard and the and the um you know from Jurassic Park uh that that trilogy but then you also got Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and uh and um actually a bunch of uh uh minor characters from the previous Jurassic World movies uh carry over here um so I mean so so that that cast is well represented as well but the thing that that irks me is that the two casts are on separate adventures and they they do eventually connect and team up and there's you know kind of like the the scene that you would kind of kind of want kind of like when uh uh in uh in uh, transformers uh war for cybertron kingdom when when like the the G1 cast kind of meets the Beast Wars cast, you know that kind of thing. Actually, that that series wasn't done especially well, but um, but but it's it's always a cool moment when you see two di- cross generational casts uh, meeting up, and uh, it, it's it, it's very unsatisfying. It's very disappointing. It's all it's it's closer to Star Trek Generations. Where it's like, sure, there's kind of like sort of the last ride of the original crew in the in the prologue, cold open type of thing, but uh, it, it's very much a Star Trek: The Next Generation movie, and th- this isn't quite that, but the the sign on the door does say Jurassic World, so just uh, um, uh, so so it is about those characters and their um, journey more than anything. Um. But I mean, it, it's it, it's good to see those characters again. But unfortunately, none of the performances are especially engaging. Um, I don't remember uh, Laura Dern's um, uh, Doctor Sadler character being irritating in Jurassic Park. In fact, I I seem to recall that character being kind of uh, um, empowering. Um, you know, again, kind of like a, a early um, icon of a. Uh, uh, female representation in action. Um, so, but she's, she's very irritating here. Uh, all of her character beats are, um, are annoying. Uh, Sam Neill is appropriately grizzled, uh, which means there, there really isn't a whole lot of depth to his performance. There, there, there's a lot of scowling, uh, 
um, and a lot of grumbling and a lot of being grumpy, you know, kind of being the, the reluctant adventurer. And incidentally, if, uh, if, um, if you saw my post either on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, I, you know, if, if, they, they put up a promotional image on the screen for these advanced screenings. I'll take a picture of it and post it. Um, in that photo, Sam Neill is holding a torch and wearing a fedora. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, that's a lawsuit. I don't, I don't think you can have a character wearing a fedora in a action-adventure movie. Um, and not get sued by by Lucasfilm or or I guess it would be Disney at this point, um, but it, it looks very discount Indiana Jones. Um, Jeff Goldblum is is off off the chain here. He's he, it's Goldblum unhinged, and unfortunately, like the, there there are there are some scenes that he plays that have. Um, some some nuance and some subtlety, but at a certain point, he just becomes a cartoon, and he becomes a cartoonish representation of all of the Jeff Goldblum memes. It's you know, it, it's like the studio said, "Well, hey man, let's bring back Jeff Goldblum," and you know, we we liked what he's doing in that Thor Ragnarok, you know, and we really kind of want to steer him into his meme personality. And I think it's a disservice to the character and it's a disservice to the movie. Threw me right the hell out of it. I, I wasn't into it. Um, but, but I mean, but, but they're there. Um, uh, Chris Pratt, again, as, as I said before, I've, um, I, I've really soured on him as, as a performer. Uh, I, I'm not really looking forward to him continuing in the Marvel universe. I'm, I'm kind of over it. I think, I think I've, I, I have a, a Chris fatigue, a Chris Pratt overload, over, overlord, geez, uh, overload. And I think, um, first of all, he, he is not working out. Uh, like I said, I mean, I, I feel, I, I feel bad for making like the, these, these, uh, body shaming con, uh, comments, but like, his was a thing where he comes from comedy, you know, from from being the the um, you know roly poly chubby kid on uh, on Parks and Rec, and so when he gets all like superhero yoked for that Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like ooh gasp, you know, shocking transformation. Here's our action adventure leading man, and that translates to the Jurassic World. They're like they thought he worked in Guardians, and I think he does. I think that performance is good. And I think he's good in that in that um, first Jurassic World, but somewhere along the way, he uh, I, I don't know if it's a complacency or or what, but there's there's something different now, and like so he's he's not working out the way he used to. He's he's schlub city here, um, and I, I I don't I I don't know if that's meant to be an aspect of the character uh, because basically they're they're. Um, you know, kind of, kind of secluded in the woods, kind of laying low. Um, but I don't know, man, it, it, it there, there's, there's some scenes where he's like doing action and it does not look impressive. And I don't know if, 
your male action star needs to be cut and ripped. Um, because like, I mean, I, I talked about this before, like, you know, look, look at, look at somebody like Kamel Nanjani. Like he, he, again, a comedic actor was called up to the Marvel thing. He's in that Eternals. He gets yoked and ripped and shredded. He's like on the Hugh Jackman program, like, you know, getting like super, uh, dehydrated so that like, you know, you see all the musculature and he, he gets so fit for that movie that now he's got like a, a, he's got like body dysmorphia, like, you know, and he's, he's obsessed with like, you know, uh, uh, fitness and, and all of that other stuff. And in that movie, in the Eternals, not once is he seen without his shirt on. So it's like, what, what's the point? Uh, Henry Cavill, uh, you know, DC Superman for a hot minute, uh, incredibly jacked and running around in a dumb rubber costume with sculpted in muscles. It's like, what, what's the point? But on the other hand, if your character is running around in a flannel and a t-shirt and he's got a punch that rivals mine, that's not impressive as, as a leading man action star either. I'm sorry. And again, I don't, I don't mean to, uh, my criticisms go into, uh, uh, body shaming, but, uh, but I guess that, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is good in this movie. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't think she has a lot of depth of performance in, in her roles. Um, but I, I read something recently that, that I thought was actually pretty cool that, um, there, the, reason why she's in these movies speculating is for her to learn the mechanics and practice of how big blockbusters work so that when she, when, when the call comes for her to direct say like a Star Wars feature or a Marvel movie or something you know she'll have even more hands-on first-hand experience and if anybody uh, has seen her directed episodes of uh, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, um, that, that fan base is ready for her to take on a feature. I, I know I would be very excited about that. I like those episodes quite a bit. I like her um, uh, sensibilities as a director, and, and I think she would uh, um, I, I, I think she would crush it. I, I would be excited for, for, uh, for that project. Um, so if the payoff for that is that she has to kind of slum it and be an underserved character in, in this, uh, Jurassic World franchise, then I think that's a fair trade. I do think that she's the least damsel in distress and the most empowered. Um, I, I think that, I think if you go back and watch all three Jurassic World movies, I think she has an actual arc. Um, unfortunately, a lot of that arc hinges on um, a thirst for motherhood, which, uh, uh, you know, I, I never got around to doing that Doctor Strange episode, but like, that's, I, I think that's kind of weirdly retrograde where you're, you're uh, one of your defining traits for a female character is that they baby crazy and I don't um, I, I don't know if that's 
specifically moving the needle in terms of like uh, gender equality in in action adventure movies in genre, but um, but but I, again, I think I think she's fine um, in, in terms of uh, performance. There there are um, there are other characters as well. There's a, a roguish pilot uh, that that joins the cast that I found incredibly distasteful. Um, in terms of like the character is not written as a real human. They're they're very cartoonish and it's it's like we're we're trying to capture the Han Solo archetype but not doing it very well. Um, and I don't know if that's the actor's performance. I, I don't remember the actor's name uh, off the top of my head. Um, but she's not particularly good in this role. And one of the other things that, that kind of bothers me, and this, uh, th this is an odd perspective coming from a, um, a, a, a cishet white man, but so she's a, uh, you know, she's, she's a person of color. I don't, I don't know her, uh, uh, ethnicity, but she's, uh, one of her, uh, character traits because again, these characters are very one note and one of her one notes is that she's aggressively gay and her aggressive sexuality is kind of a distraction, uh, kind of a distraction at best. And at worst, I think I don't, I, again, I'm not, um, intelligent enough to unpack the impact of representation. Like, she, she's a person of color and someone that, that um, um, is, is presumably part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I apologize for sounding nervous because I, quite frankly, there, there, are, there, there are topics that I know that I'm out of my depth and I do feel nervous talking about them, but I would like to ask my friends that are part of the LGBTQ community, um, is bad representation better than no representation? I think that um, this character is, is, uh, isn't isn't an example of positive representation. Basically, she um, just aggressively flirts with all of the female characters to the point where the other characters are shown being uncomfortable. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think sometimes with folks that don't understand the community in their their attempts to uh, show representation. They, they don't know what it is. They can't relate to it. So um, gay characters are coded as horny. Like, like gay equals horny. And I, I was thinking about that as I was watching that. And it's like, so, so like if this character was male and was being aggressively flirty to female characters, would I have the same problems? I think I would because I think that... Um, I, I think that would be my takeaway. I was like, wow, that character is really one note. They're horny, you know, and that, and that's, that's really not, 
a comfortable character trait in 2022, regardless of their sexual orientation. Um, but I think also having that extra element adds another bit of discomfort. Like for me, somebody that, that identifies as an ally, I get squirmy thinking like, is this bad representation? You know, it's butterfly meme. It's like, is that, is this bad representation? Um, or is this representation? So I, I don't know, but, but that, that, that bothered me. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I mean, so, so those, those are kind of the principal performers, but the, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the movie's just kind of a mess. I mean, like there, there is a plot, there is a threat. Um, the threat is dealt with. Um, but it's, it's very unsatisfying. So, um, so coming up here, I, I am just making it, uh, to work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop into, uh, the, the parking garage and then I'm going to, um, you know, since I won't be driving, I'll have my phone and I'll, uh, I, I'm going to answer some of those questions to, to kind of close out the episode because I remember some of them off the top of my head, but I think if I just kind of vamp here, uh, I, I think it's, it, it, it's going to be a, a frustrating, distracting listen, but, um, oh, well actually, uh, for, for a quick sec, one thing to, to, before the questions, uh, some aggressive speculation on my part. I think that this movie is going to do well in opening weekend because it has the name recognition and it's a dinosaur movie and I think folks will show up for this weekend. I th I think it will probably number be number 1 at the box office. I think it will um overtake Top Gun Maverick, but I think that there will be a huge drop off uh going into week two. And I would almost be curious to see if, um, if Top Gun Maverick actually reclaims the number one spot, because that, that is my recommendation with regards to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Skip it, go watch Top Gun again. And I wonder if week two of this movie's release, if that's actually going to happen. But I think it is going to make a lot of money. I think it's, I would, I, I'm going to compare it to, uh, Batman V Superman colon Dawn of Justice. I think that's what it's going to look like because in that first weekend, regardless of the awful word of mouth, people still went for that first weekend. I think that's going to be the same thing here. I think this movie, oh, you're not going to go fine. I'm going to go. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a green light. I don't have a green arrow. I have to yield to you, whatever. Uh, but anyway, no, I, I think that, um, the, the word of mouth on this is going to be very bad. I, I haven't really taken a look. Um, I mentioned, uh, oh, let's talk about review embargoes for a sec. So I had mentioned, so, and, and um, for those of you who don't, don't know, you know, uh, deep cuts industry terms, a embargo means that that's um, the press isn't allowed to talk about a movie. Like the, the studio sets an embargo date for when they, in their effort to control the narrative of how feedback for a particular movie is, 
they, they will set embargoes. So like, for example, the, the review embargo for Top Gun Maverick lifted a week before I even saw the movie and I saw an advanced preview screening almost a w- the week of the movie coming out. Same as this Jurassic World. So um, I saw Jurassic World Dominion on a Tuesday night. The movie comes out Friday. The review embargo didn't lift until Wednesday afternoon. So I believe the the studio, Universal, Universal knows they have a turd on their hands here and they're trying to minimize the damage and trying to keep a lid on that poor word of mouth. Kind of similar to uh, Morbius. Like I I talked about this a lot in my Morbius episode and I'm not going to unpack any of the, the Morbius sweep memes here. Um, uh, trying, trying to stay concise, but that again, the, the review embargo lifted, uh, like the day before the movie came out. So like there or two days before the movie came out. So there was no opportunity for the bad word of mouth to kind of, uh, poison, um, the, the pool, I guess. But joke was on Sony because, uh, this movie already had the stink of death on it and nobody went both times. So, uh, but anyway, that, that's, you know, who, who is this movie for? I guess I should have said that much earlier in the, in this conversation, but like, who is this movie for? Um, it's, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's for anybody because like, I, I'm trying to look at it from a couple different perspectives. Like I, I am not, obviously I am not like the, the, the biggest uh, fan of the uh, Jurassic franchise. I've already owned that up front. Um, but I don't think fans are going to feel satisfied. Um, I don't think casuals, casual fans will be satisfied. Um, and worse than anything, I don't think, I don't think families are going to be satisfied. So like, you know, I, I, I saw a tweet from, from somebody saying like, Oh man, I can't wait for your review. I'm going with my mom and kids. Um, uh, over the weekend, we're really looking forward to it. And, and I am sorry to disappoint. And I'm sorry that those folks are going to be disappointed because they are, um, the movie's not good. It's not fun. It's not engaging it's boring. And that's like the absolute worst thing that can happen for a movie about dinosaurs. And that's, that's just really frustrating. So with that, um, let's take a look at, uh, at some of the questions that, that folks sent me on social media, see if I can kind of round out this conversation now that I've made it to uh, my parking garage here at work as you're, as you're uh, writing commute uh, with uh, the Mike Seibert radio podcast. 346 minutes later, much, much, much later, extremely annoying shift later. All right, folks. Well, a slight change of plans, as you can hear by the crystal clear clarity. I am now in the studio. I had a couple things I, I needed to take care of, so I had to cut my longer recording session a little shorter. So uh, I am back in the studio to wrap up this episode with uh, some of your questions. So I put it out on Twitter. I was like, hey, man, I'm recording uh, my Jurassic uh, World Dominion 
episode, uh, Ask Me Anything. So I did get a couple questions that I kind of wanted to run through here rapid fire-like before uh, before I wrap up. Uh, starting with David Johnson. Did you like it? No. No. And and, and I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that I didn't like it. Um, I, again, I... Really didn't like that that second one, that uh, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, but it, it's so weird. And I think I talked about this already on, on the drive in. But there, I, I dislike these two movies for two very different reasons. Like uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is aggressively stupid and is way too ambitious. This movie, Jurassic World Dominion, is not ambitious enough. There is not a whole lot of plot. There is not a whole lot that actually happens. And it's boring. While still also being like overstuffed and loud. It's kind of difficult to explain that dichotomy without without uh, drifting into to spoilers. But there are dinosaurs there that don't have a whole lot to do with the plot. So it's... Uh, uh, again, it, it's an exercise in frustration, but no, I did not like it. Uh, Inflamed Simp asked, how much alcohol is needed per, for proper viewing? And I think that's a trick question because I think the proper viewing is to not watch it. I, I don't think if I had a buzz on, if I would be any more charitable to this movie than I am already uh, uh, sober as the work day. Um, but... I suppose, no, actually, I, I, w I was going to say, I suppose if you roll into one of those theaters where they do serve alcohol and you do have yourself like like a gang of friends and you're and you get a little rowdy with it, you could have some fun with it. But no, I, I don't think there is. I think I, I would certainly make that case for Jurassic World. Jurassic World, the the first of this new cycle is actually kind of fun on its own. Um, I I kind of enjoyed it in the way I, I enjoy a slasher movie where it's like, you know, we're, we're just watching dinosaurs uh, eat people and that's kind of fine. Um, it, uh, um, mild spoiler for Jurassic World Dominion, it takes a very, very long time and we're deep into the runtime before we see anybody become any kind of victim of a dinosaur. Um, and, of course, the violence is very sanitized, very clean, very uh, PG-13, um, or at least the, the the original sensibilities of the original uh, Jurassic Park um, and those movies. Because, I mean, obviously with these movies being more family-friendly, you're not going to see, like, grisly kills or anything like that. But... Um, you know, it, it's a lot of like quick cutaways and, and things like that. Um, around Seattle asks, uh, does Chris Pratt show any more range in acting than the previous two Jurassic Park movies? Um, or does he, you, or did he use up all his acting abilities in the Marvel movies? I think I addressed this earlier, but I think he is worse here than any other movie I've seen him in. And I think, I don't think I'm exaggerating. Like he's, he's especially terrible in that, the tomorrow war, uh, from, from, uh, Amazon, that movie is wretched, uh, by the way. But, um, yeah, no, I, again, I, I've, I've really soured on Chris Pratt and I think this performance of the Jurassic world movies is the worst. He is, lazy and beyond phoning it in 
Um, so moving on, uh, my uh, my good friend George Soroy asks, how would you rank the Jurassic Park movies from one through six? And I I would like to him and haw here and say that it it oh man it's so difficult to to uh, you know sort this through but it really isn't um, it's uh it's Jurassic Park uh, Jurassic Park in itself is a classic movie it's it's almost one of those like untouchable classics uh, so that that's uh, the obvious number one. Um, number two, I'm going Jurassic World. Um, I like that movie quite a lot. I, I thought it accomplished a lot as being a, uh, worthy, uh, legacy sequel reboot or reboot quell or what, whatever you want to call these things, uh, you know, kind of reinvigorating the franchise. And then it's a steep cliff, um, deep, deep cliff. Um, and then I guess release order. So I guess it would be, uh, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, Fallen Kingdom and uh, and the Dominon here. Well, actually, you know, I to you could flip-flop for me uh Dominion and Fallen Kingdom. In fact, I'll I'll flip those two. I think I like disliked Fallen Kingdom even more than this one because uh Fallen Kingdom made me angry. This one just made me feel hollow and sad. Um, so those are uh, those are kind of my uh, rankings there. Now, uh, I, I want to touch on this really quick. I, I got a, a question from Thomas J out on Twitter, and he asked if uh, any connections to Camp Cretaceous um, is it a complete crossover. And I told him I, I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a um, I, I'm not. Again, I'm I'm not a fan of this franchise. Uh so so I'm a a tourist, a casual, um, if you will. But he uh came back to me and explained that uh Camp Cretaceous is a animated Netflix show that takes place between Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. Basically it's a kid's show, but it's fun, uh, and they are about to release their fifth season. Fifth season, my god. Um, but th- that that sounds kind of rad. Um I I have I've never seen it, and again, I hadn't heard of it until uh, Thomas explained it to me. Uh, so I couldn't say whether there are uh, connections or not. But one thing I do want to uh, mention. Oh snap! That that's actually a spoiler. Um, I uh, let me, let me just say that there are there are things in the trailer that aren't in the movie, and I would say that. The other things leading up to uh, this movie, like there's a like like there's a promotional campaign with like an insurance commercial. There's like, uh, you know, dinosaurs seen in in a in a, in a commercial. Uh, they're like at a drive-in movie theater, and I remembered there was a there was a short. A, a, uh, a short movie, I think. I think it came out on YouTube. I don't remember the release, but like last year or maybe even the year before. It's really fuzzy, but there was something where like a um, it, 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 it uh, uh, takes place in a uh, camp like like there's a there's a family that's on a camping trip and a dinosaur basically hassles them and comes up to them. And and I thought it was really good, very very atmospheric and and scary, like in in a 
um, not in a gory way, but like in a in a Spielberg terror kind of way. I thought it was very well done. I haven't thought about it in in a long time, so that's why those details are a little um, elusive uh, to me right now. But um, my point being is that those two things that I'm thinking of right now this uh, this this uh, a live action short movie and like the commercials uh, with like the insurance company and all of that. All of those do more better to illustrate the world where dinosaurs are cohabitating with humanity in a much better way than this movie does. Um, again, the, the, the central threat of Jurassic Park Dominion has nothing to do with dinosaurs. Um, so, uh, so Generation Hicks asks, you know, at Reading Hicks on uh, Twitter, he asked me what snacks do I have? Red vines, dude. You know, I, I'm a I, I'm a West Coast guy. I don't mess around with Twizzlers. And ironically enough, for for these uh, press screenings, I. Um, I, I, I think, I, I don't know if it's a, a privilege crossed with jadedness, but like, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge movie snack guy. Um, so like when Lucky and I go to the movies, you know, we're, we're large popcorn and a, a large Coke icy that we share every once in a while we'll throw down for like a box of red vines to share. But, uh, but when I go by myself, I don't buy anything. Um, now it would be different if it was like an independent house, but these are like AMC's. Um, yeah, in fact, actually, the the two main theaters that we go to are are both AMC's. Occasionally, we get a Regal, but like I I don't I don't know if I feel the compulsion to support uh, giant chains with uh with my concession purchases the way I would if it was say like a smaller house or certainly an independent house like you know I I would gladly pay movie theater uh prices for like I don't know like at the Grand Illusion or the um or the Grand Cinema in Tacoma um you know you know indie houses I, I I'm cool with that but um anyway Red Vines that's that that is my uh West Coast uh licorice of choice um uh let's see oh uh, uh this is great uh uh mike staley um asked me um he he said he was going tonight is there a post credit scene this i can tell you without spoilers no there is no post credit scene i uh a couple folks that i am acquainted with stuck around to check i did not i left in a huff um and I usually don't do that. I usually stick around. In fact, uh, I think I talked about this in my Morbius episode, but there's a uh, there's a popular YouTuber that's also here in Seattle that I see at almost all of the screenings that I go to. And as soon as the title sequence for Morbius came up, he jumped over the rail in a huff and left um, and missed out on the the um, audition of those Morbius post-credit scenes. Um, so his video seemed a little incomplete because he doesn't mention them because he didn't stick around to watch them. And since the movie wasn't out yet, he had uh, no uh, no frame of reference for it. So, uh, But anyway, there, there's no post-credit scene for uh, Jurassic World uh, Dominion. So as soon as uh, the house lights come up, you can, uh, you can split. Um, Melvar over from the uh, Radio Free Cybertron uh, podcast uh, asked me how bad on a scale of one to ten. And I, I guess on the badness scale, I would call it a six. 
um, because it it's not the worst movie in the world. Um, I mean, like th- th- there there are I mean, any number of movies that are objectively bad. Uh, the problem with this is that it's just not particularly good. And, and and again, you know, I, I, I think I've repeated this a number of times now and and I know I'm super jaded, but there is a problem with your movie when there are dinosaurs fighting in it and I just feel nothing. It's uh, um, it's boring. So uh, uh, Melvar actually uh, asked me again on Twitter. He's like better or worse than uh, the shit show that was Fallen Kingdom. And I tried to explain like I think I already explained here, it's a it, it's a different kind of bad. Uh, Fallen Kingdom was aggressively stupid, but um, Dominion is just is just cripplingly boring. And that's it for the Twitter responses. So then we head over to Facebook and the MSRP friends and fans group, the Mike Cybertronians. And if you want to join that group and become a Mike Cybertronian yourself, you can click on the link in the show notes. Uh, So my buddy Nick asked me, um, is it Morbius bad? And uh, I I think that's actually a pretty fair comparison because it's, it's bad in a similar kind of way in that um, all the dumb memes aside, Morbius itself is a fairly toothless and boring movie. Um, I, I think Morbius is fundamentally a worse movie because that suffers from plot lines that go nowhere and um, is you can tell it was hobbled from like a different movie and like, you know, I don't know if there's a better movie that in the editing or whatever, but like there, there are things from like a filmmaking perspective that make Morbius objectively bad. Um, whereas all for all of my complaints, I would say that Jurassic world dominion is still competently edited it's just the the literal content that I have a problem with the, the the way that the story plays out, you know, the 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 dividing characters and separate adventures that 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 barely converge. Um, those those are more um, the, the story is coherent. It's just not good if uh, if that makes more sense. Uh, but Jason had a really good question that that I'm glad to address here. Um, he asked, does it at least have a lot of good fan service to call back to the earlier movies? And this, I, I mean, I, I should have addressed this earlier in the discussion, but no, not really. For uh, a nostalgia franchise, you would think that every minute of every frame would be crammed with some kind of reference or nostalgia. There are some references, including a from out of nowhere callback uh, to the first movie to Jurassic Park that I had, I I had to have somebody explain to me how uh, those, uh, how threads tie together uh, because the movie doesn't make it clear um, after the movie comes out, I, I, I think you'll figure out what uh, uh, what I'm talking about. But um, 
No. Uh, like, I mean, there, there's, there's a couple things, like I, I mentioned Jeff Goldblum's performance and him uh, portraying the meme version of himself, uh, kind of like that Nicolas Cage movie, but not done very well. Um, cause I, I like that movie that, that, uh, that Nick Cage movie is, is a ton of fun and celebrates the, the, the meme tastic, uh, aspects of Nicolas Cage's personality and, and really, uh, drives into it. This Je- Jeff Goldblum is just, uh, uh, being a parody, but there are opportunities for, uh, reprising certain lines and situations that they don't do. In fact, there are things where it's like set up and it's like, okay, say the line and then they don't. So I think this is kind of like a weird kind of postmodern fan service where I think it's the the we're doing the thing where we're trying to subvert expectations by not doing the thing that that you would expect, which is dumb. Um, I think that's the thing that I liked about Jurassic World is that it is drenched with callbacky stuff. Um, like I mean, I believe there is a character that is actually wearing a actual Jurassic Park T-shirt. Um, so you know, winks and nods like that. Um, with this, again, it's like there, there's some but not as much as you would think and certainly not as much as you would like. So if there is stuff that connects to like the cartoons, like the, the camp Cretaceous stuff um, or uh, more deeper cuts references to the other sequels, I couldn't say I'm not a student of this franchise. So there might be stuff that's there that I didn't catch that I didn't see, but um my screening was light on chuckles and it, and it was one with the public. So it, it was, it was a, a promotional screening where there's like civilians in there and people like, uh, you know, woohooed and cheered and stuff. I, I, and you know, uh, some people just like to be inside a warm building for, for a couple hours watching a free movie. But, um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, there, there weren't any like chuckles, to where like oh they're they're acknowledging a reference I don't get I I don't I clocked I don't think I clocked any of those uh, during uh, my screening but um, so that's all the questions that I got so I think uh, this is as good a time to to uh, wrap up the episode as it were this is actually kind of a, approaching <laughs> um, uh, kind of standard episode uh length so uh thanks for bearing with me as i as i'm still uh trying to you know experiment and keep myself interested and engaged with uh with doing all of this uh um this uh this podcasty uh stuff but um as i said that 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 will wrap things up for this this episode thank you so much for uh listening and for hanging out with me and if you want to listen to all of my past shows you could subscribe on apple podcast stitcher google podcast spotify tune in or wherever the heck else you listen to your podcast you can become a mike cybertronian and join the msrp friends and fans facebook group and you can always uh check out my show out on youtube that's another uh, uh place to check out some of my videos and transcriptions of podcast episodes. So if you, um, and and I know people do this, like they'll be at work, you'll have YouTube open 
and you'll click on the podcast and let that run instead of listening on a podcast. It, it, it's bizarre. I'm not trying to judge people's uh, listening uh, habits. But um, but anyway, so the show is available on YouTube. I'm working on a couple uh, videos. I hope to get some New York Ninja uh, content up there um, at, at some point. I'm, I'm actually at a spot now where I'm waiting for some more merchandise to show up. I took advantage of the halfway to Black Friday sale over on Vintage syndrome and I got more New York Ninja merchandise uh, for me to show off in a video that I hope to publish at um, some point and um, and and at some point I might uh, do some live streams uh, you can find the Mike Seibert radio podcast live stream on Twitter YouTube Twitch and Facebook live like share rate and review the show let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future do you like this style of episodes am I pushing your patience and pushing my luck by talking into a speakerphone um, while I'm driving to work uh, let me know uh, what you like but uh, but that will wrap it up for me my name is Mike this has been Mike Cyber Radio and until next time tell all or one make good choices.